guys, you're tuned into the Dope Girls Pray Podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. We have a special guest coming on tonight, and I know you do not want to miss this. Stay tuned and remember, Dope Girls Do Pray. Hello, hello, hello. Bless you, my sister. Bless you. How are you? I'm great. And yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you, God. Good, good, good. All right. So, guys, we are tuned into Dope Girls Pray podcast for Testimony Tuesdays, where our speaker tonight will be Prophet David Gonzalez. All right. So, Prophet David, we're just going to just dive right in. You can just go ahead and share your testimony. You can start wherever you want to start. Amen. Amen. Well, where can I begin? A lifelong uh, 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 process of struggle. Growing up and being born in the streets of Brooklyn, New York, and having to go out at a young age and have to survive. We heard the, wow. the saying, survival of the fittest, and only the strong survive. And doing all the things that I did in the streets to survive committing crimes, uh, um, stealing things, robbing people, joining gangs, selling drugs. Um, this, this is the type of lifestyle that was presented to me, and this is the only way that I know how to survive. Mm-hmm. I was born in Brownsville, but I moved out of Brownsville into another neighborhood called Starrett City, which was mm-hmm. another part of East New York and Brooklyn. And I was raised by both my mother and father being in the household but they were both at the time of my youth drug addicts and my father was wow. a hard, a hard drinker and he was a very angry individual that took out a lot of his frustration his anger out on us as his family it was me being the middle child a younger brother and my older sister and abuse was our portion wow every single day was was beatings every day was was just anger being shed and I can remember some of the good times, but unfortunately, a lot of the bad times outweigh the good times. Hmm. And just a little while ago, I was speaking to one of my brothers in Christ, and I was expressing to him that before 10 years of age, I can't remember anything. Wow. And I feel like God is blocking that, for, that place of memory for me because something happened so treacherously from birth to 10 years old that he doesn't want to allow me to revisit or go back to. Wow. But at 10 years old, I was already in the streets doing my thing and making money and and sneaking money into my mother's pocketbook so she can have a little bit of help the best way I know how to do at 10 years old and mm-hmm. trying to help raise my younger brother that was only a year and a half younger than me. So here we are, I'm 10 years old, I'm, my, my brother is nine, at the time, my sister was probably like 15, 16 years old, maybe younger, because I think there's only four years or five years between us. Mm-hmm. But she was already prepping in her mind to leave because she was tired of the abuse. Mm-hmm. She was tired of dealing with certain things that she should have had to deal with at a young age. Wow. Now, this is going to go into the, the depths spiritually of why I feel like and I know now why I dealt with the lifestyle that I've dealt with in that early age. Mm-hmm. I got raised Catholic Wow. from the age of birth all the way to 17. Mm-hmm. And 
for those of us that know anything about the Catholic uh, uh, belief, a lot of it is tied in the Spanish culture to idolatry. And right. we both know, and those of us that will hear this, this, this podcast hopefully know that the word tells us that anything that has anything to do with idolatry is as the seed of witchcraft. Yeah. So in the spiritual uh, of sense, I understood now, I understand now, excuse me, that a lot of what I had to um, uh, witness and been through was because I was under a household that was governed in witchcraft. Wow. But at 17 years of age, got introduced to this young lady that felt like she was backsliding but she, because she got raised in the church. And at the time, my wife that I'm married to now, mm-hmm. because me and her started our uh, um, courting and, and relationship at the age of 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. And I thank God that we at where we at now, it's almost 20 years later. I mm-hmm. just recently turned 36. She's 35. Mm-hmm. And... At that age, 17, I got introduced to a young lady that brought me to her church. And I said, this is my girlfriend. I want to honor her. I want to respect her wishes. So I'm going to go with her to church. Mm-hmm. And that church was called Agape Christian Center, located also on the borderline of Queens and Brooklyn in New York. And I go up for this altar call. And this man of God, the pastor, Pastor Jesus Lopez, he looks at me, and when I pick up my head to look at him in the eye, because I did get taught that when a man approaches you and you're speaking to another man from man to man, you should always look another man in his eyes. Right. But let me tell you, sis, when I look into this man's eyes, I didn't know what I was looking at. Wow. I didn't know who I was looking at. And I recognize now, after years of walking in the faith and being a part of the body of believers, that the Holy Spirit was presenting himself to me. Wow, Jesus. So I give my life over to the Lord, and it was the greatest decision I ever made because there goes the beginning of my process of me sh- of being able to start learning how to undo some of the hurt, some of the pain, some of the aggression, some of the anger, some of the lust and pride that has been embedded in me mm-hmm. since the time of birth. Because one thing that my father always made sure that he pounded into me and my brother's head was this very saying here. Who's number one? You have to look out for number one. Forget about everybody else. You got to do what's best for you. Both of us know that that that, that's against the word of God. Mm -hmm. That mindset and that teaching goes against that which Jesus Christ led in and taught us how to follow in. Because the word tells us that to, we ought to esteem others higher than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why is it I got taught this lifestyle and now I'm converting over to a lifestyle that's the total opposite of that which was presented to me all the way up into 17 years of age. Wow. So I'm living this life now. I'm, I'm starting my training. I, I, I'm, I'm moving uh, uh, with the pastor. He's teaching me stuff. He's mentoring me. He's pouring into me. My relationship with this young lady is still there. But there's mm-hmm. still parts of Davi that still haven't been delivered. There's still parts of da- of, And that's my name for those of you on the line. My name is Davi and um, David in Spanish, okay. which also I found out later on that it's actually Hebrew. Wow. 
<laughs> so all these years, I'm thinking you that my name was Spanish when it actually is Hebrew. Wow. But that's that's that, that's a whole other conversation. I don't want to steer mm-hmm. us off on that that lane. Um, but yes, I'm under this man of God. I'm 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 moving with him, and he's teaching me stuff that my father couldn't pour into me. And I'm feeling in my spirit at the time, this is the greatest feeling in the world. I finally found my place because as I uh, had uh, um, expressed to you, I think in the uh, messenger or or Facebook a little bit, I never Mm -hmm. felt like myself. I felt different. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was something there that was missing. Although I was raised in this, this, the jungle called the streets and I was doing these things and I was fighting and, and I was doing, uh, 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 um, unseemly things to 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 moral thinking i would i always felt like there was something different about me and i always felt like why is it that i don't react or act exactly like my older sister or my younger brother in those fits of rage and anger and i always had some type of piece of my conscience trying to pull me back and rethink or double think or triple think a situation before i entered into it Mm. Not knowing that this was the plan of God for me all along because he had me at a certain place of accountability. Not knowing that I that, that in this day that I would be in relationship with him. Wow. But let's go back to when, when I was with this man of God, Pastor mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's teaching me. He's mentoring me. He's showing me stuff. And I feel like this is the best moment of my life. I feel like I finally found my place of peace. And I'm dating this young lady. But again, there were still parts of me that didn't get delivered yet. So mm-hmm. I was still out there, even though I gave my life over to the Lord. I was still lusting after women. I was still moving in fits of, of pride when you couldn't really tell me certain things because I felt like I still had that under control. So time after time, I cheated on this woman. Time after time, me and her would get into arguments where she would catch me in the midst of my uh, folly. She would catch me in the midst of my uh, 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 mischievousness and doing things that I had no business doing. And my pride, instead of yielding to that and apologizing, I will rationalize and justify it. And Mm. me and her will go back and forth. And of course we know that wasn't pleasing onto the Lord. So a day comes where me, her, me and her were working now in the same job place and all the all the um, time, not knowing that in this job place, because of my actions, I had pushed her into another man's arms. Wow. And this man was actually my boss at the time. Wow. And everybody in the job knew that her and the, my this gentleman were um doing stuff. They were they were sneaking around with each other, but I didn't know it. So now it gets to the place where my pride is hurt. My mm. pride is broken down because this woman introduces me to this almighty, precious, and awesome God. But because of my levels of, of lack of deliverance, her levels of still being in disobedience, we then see what God was really doing. And it steered me to now being so hurt that I turned from her. I couldn't deal with her anymore. And when I returned back to the ch- my place of worship, I started feeling like everybody in the church was che- treating me different, sis. Wow. 
because this was her church home. This is where she got raised in the Lord and everybody knew her. So oh, wow. in my eyes, it seemed like, the reason why I'm saying in my eyes, because I'm going to emphasize a little bit on that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. The reason why, again, I'm saying in my eyes, I'm looking at this situation. I'm saying everybody's treating David differently now because me and this young lady is no longer with each other. Mm-hmm. And now that hurt, that place of abandonment, that place of, of neglect, that place of, of, of impatience is now falling back on me. And mm-hmm. that character starts breaking me. And I steer astray. So now I'm at a backslidden place and mm-hmm. I leave the Lord's church for several years and I'm back out in the street doing my thing. And all my friends that seen me convert and shift over and had such a zeal for Jesus Christ that I wanted to just minister to everybody and evangelize to the world and tell the world how great Jesus was. They're looking at me as a joke now. I was standing in the gap for them and showing them a better way. But now they're seeing me back on the block, asking me to pass them, um, pass me the bottle. Give me that blunt. Join with me in this time of partying and going out clubbing and all the other nonsense that the world is attracted to. And I spent several years in that vein. Not understanding that I didn't have no real peace, not understanding that because I left Christ in his covering and not really understanding what that truly meant to be under his covering, that mm-hmm. I was at a vulnerable place where the enemy was able to march in my life and march out as he pleased and do whatever mm-hmm. he wanted. Yeah. But now years go down the line and I start working at this place and my company and several um, other company, uh, health insurance companies were stationed at this, this clinic that was back in East New York. And mm-hmm. not knowing, listen to this, sis, these, this, these two women that I get introduced to from a separate company were prophets of the Lord. Wow. And they look at me, and they don't right away rush into telling me who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm supposed to be doing. But little by little, because of our relationship building, they will give me nitbits and little signs and, and, and speeches and words of encouragement to try to steer me back on course with the Lord our God. And time, I'm back with my wife that I'm, I'm with now. We're dating again. Our relationship mm-hmm. is going great. But again, Davi hasn't been delivered from certain things. So I'm still moving in those levels of lust. I'm still moving in those, those levels of pride where you can't tell me nothing. And it's all about making myself feel good. Because again, in the back of my mind, I'm still hearing my father's voice say, you have to look out for number one, Davi. You have to look out for you. Who's number one? You're number one. You have to do what's best for you. Wow. So I now date in wife at the time and again me and her again have a time of separation and I start dating this older woman and this older woman introduced me to her church now a Baptist church mm-hmm. and again I don't know truly the faiths I don't know the denominations I don't know of the doctrines I don't know everything that I know now so I'm mm-hmm. going to church with her not knowing that all the time that I'm going to church with this woman, sis, that I was walking into the, a witch's camp. 
Jesus. The pastor was a warlock, and every leader wow. that served under him was a witch. Wow. But they covered it, and they 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 camouflaged it as being a Baptist church. Now I'm not saying that to bash the Baptist church. I'm just expressing oh my, my experience God. and what I witnessed with my own eyes. I'm going to this place that called themselves a Baptist church, but it was actually a camp of witches and a warlock that was leading them. Wow. So now I'm I'm stirred, steered away from my wife that I was dating at the time. And I'm dating this other woman that tells me she has dreams of me and her marrying each other. And we're supposed to be with each other. And the Lord presented to her my name and blah, 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 blah. But something inside of me for a moment felt weak in that and started believing that and started feeding into that. So here I am again saying to myself, I found my place of peace again. I found my place where I could be vulnerable. I found my place where I could be ministered to and I could really move in the things of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But then again, something was missing, sis. Something inside of me felt wrong. So I had to start struggling and, and, and flowing through the scriptures for myself. And I get to this verse that tells us men that a man that find up a wife find up a good thing and obtain much favor with the Lord. So I had to say to myself, if this scripture tells me that I'm supposed to find my bride, why will God be presenting to this woman that I'm supposed to be a husband in my in, in name, indeed? Something was off there. Something was wrong. So at that exact moment, I said, you know what, God, if this is supposed to be, let your will be done. If not, I want you to break down every wall of blockage and take off the blinder shades from my eyes for me to be able to see this for what it really is. So let me let me tell you what starts happening. Everything with that woman Mm -hmm. flips upside down because at first she was presented to me as everything that I ever wanted. Presented to me to, ever, to, to, to to touch every place of my lust that I ever wanted to have in my life as a as a companion. But then everything started flipping upside down. So now me and you are fighting all the time. We're arguing. We're having all out brawls in the middle of the street. I never put my hands on a woman because I witnessed my father doing that for years, and that makes me sick. I can't stand that. I cannot, I can't put myself at a place of condoning that type of behavior for a man to put his hands on a woman. So we're having these arguments, crazy bash out arguments in the middle of the street. And this is like going on every single day. But at the time, wow. I have a daughter, my wife that I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping over certain parts of, of, my, of my timeline because there's certain things that the Lord wants me to express. Other things, I guess, I could share mm-hmm. at a later time. No, that's fine. That's fine. So at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. I have a daughter. And my wife comes to me, and she tells me, I'm leaving. She has all her family, all her aunts, all her uncles, her cousins. They all live in Maryland, where we live at now. So she says, I'm leaving. You either have a choice of coming with me and your daughter, or you can stay here with this young lady. Wow. So I have a choice to make now, sis. I see the situation that I'm in. I'm arguing and fighting with this young lady all the time. Me and her are living together for a year and a half. But here I have my daughter. 
and this other woman that I always felt some type of attachment to since we were 12, 13 years old. And even that story is, is, is incredible because I'm da- at the time mm-hmm. I was dating her best friend. Wow. When her best friend introduced me to her and she seen the, our friendship start growing and she seen how we were interacting with each other and she seen that there was something special there. She started upon herself, started provoking problems between me and her. So me and her would break up and then she could push me and my wife together. Wow. Understanding that that was God's plan all along. Right. All right, let's get back to this. So my wife is leaving with my daughter to another state. And I say to myself, I have to be a man. I have to take my responsibility. In my mind at that time, I can't not be anything that my father was to us as a father. I have to be better. Mm-hmm. So I leave. Maybe I'm, I'm dating at the time and living with, she didn't even know that I left. I left, left, picked up and left to a whole other state to start working on my relationship that I have with my wife now and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Try to better that. So again, I'm out. Church again. I'm outside of the church of the body of Christ again in a backslidden stage, doing what I want to do, smoking up a storm, drinking, partying, fornicating, uh, um, um, clubbing doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and, and each time I left the church, I got seven times worse than I was the original time before. Wow. And I was able to really witness and see that for, for, for uh, uh, firsthand myself, that each time I left, my characteristics, my better judgment, my morality was being diluted that much more. To the point where it came to a one point where I was sleeping with several women at the same time. I was having trains with females. I was I was uh, uh, having sex yeah. with with more than one female at a time, having three sins and four sins. We all know that's against the word of the Lord. Right at the time, because of the imprisonment of my mind, I couldn't see that. Mm-hmm. Now years go by, and now I'm finally delivered from that stuff, which I thought. And I'm with me and my wife are together, and we get married, and I'm in the church. Both of us are under our church that we're in now, Breakthrough Church International, where the, the uh, overseer pro legs is Apostle Kenneth Ringo and his wife, Prophetess Stephanie Ringo. And we both become their mm-hmm. adjutants. Wow. And now we're serving in this church. I'm Apostle's adjutant. My wife is. It's Stephanie's adjutant, and it's funny because both their name is, Ste- is Stephanie. Wow. <laughs> and their birthdays are five days apart from each other. Wow. And that story is just is crazy. It really is. But wow. we're moving, we're serving, we're learning, we're taking our rebukes like sons and daughters are supposed to do, and we'll start moving in the progression of, of leadership. So now we're, we're ordained as deacons, we're ordained, we move from that to eldership, and we're just going through the cycle of what we're supposed to be doing in the church. Again, mm-hmm. still not allowing myself to fully be submerged in God's hand of deliverance. Still mm-hmm. not allowing myself to be fully turned over to the newness of Jesus Christ because old things pass away and everything has become new. So I'm still practicing 
and moving and generational curses and generational behaviors of those men that were before me. And it's starting to weigh down on my wife. It's starting to weigh down on my ministry. It's starting to weigh down on my children. Because at this point, now we have a son. Mm -hmm. So not only am I looking into my daughter, which is my identical twin, and not respecting her as a woman, not respecting her as a, as a lady, not to respecting her as a daughter of God and doing what is best for her. I'm still out there doing me. Now I have a son, which is my junior, that carries my full name and that mm -hmm. walks as a, as a mouthpiece at a, at a young age. Wow. Wow. Doing all these things that are still right in my eyes and trying to justify my actions what I was doing was right when all I had to do was surrender and come back to God and say, you know what? And this was my prayer. This right here was my prayer. God, make the mistake of thinking I knew what a husband was. I made the mistake of thinking I knew what a father was. I need you to replace my thought process, my behavior patterns, wow. and teach me what you say a husband is. Wow. Teach me what you say a father is. And that process starts. And, and wow. with those type of prayers come trials and tribulation, comes real uh, 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 levels of testing and real levels of, of God trying to really purge you and, and and get those things out of you that need to be cleansed those and uproot yeah so not understanding that god is answering my prayers brings me to a place of frustration between me and god mm. because you're answering the exact things that i'm asking you to do for me but when you present to me your ways of teaching your son i'm looking at as if you have abandoned me Looking at it wow. as you are putting me at this place of hardship and you were supposed to be my protector. Wow. So I have this long life of hardship. I have this long life of, of, of mayhem and despair and me being visited by demons as a child. I remember sharing a room mm -hmm. with my brother and us having bunk beds, and we were able to identify when those evil spirits came in the room, and they and they tormented wow. us, and we had many sleepless nights because we we moved in so much fear of not understanding of that which was against us and around us, and it was because mm. my family line on both my mother's side and my father's side was so deep embedded in witchcraft. Witchcraft, yeah, yeah. But try to overshadow it mm -hmm. by saying we were serving under the Catholic belief. Wow. So for years, I've been wow. tormented. For years, it was a, 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 a struggle and a fight against demons and not understanding, why are you bothering me so much? What is it about David that you want so much? Why is it that you can't leave me in my place of peace? Not understanding that it was because of who God has called me to be. It was because of who God has uh, 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 called me from the foundation of the earth. 
day I sit down in the church that I'm in now, and I'm praying to God, and I ask him a deep question that I don't know some people even probably haven't even imagined to ask him. And I say, God, who was I before this? Because I understand that we're a spirit residing in a body, yeah. not a body having a spirit. Yeah. So in that vein, yeah. I came to God and I asked him, who was I in your heaven before you sent me into this earth? The service ends, we go home, and I, and I think we were in a revival that week. Or, or it was the day before a service, that a special service where we were going to have. And my godmother in the Lord, I come to church the next day, and she says, sons, come over here and sit down. I said, of course, mother, what's going on? So I kneel before her, and she starts speaking the word of the Lord. And tears start rolling down my eyes because she, she's expressing to me the very answer to a question that I asked God in a private conversation. Wow. Jesus. And God starts expressing to me who I was before. Mm. And me understanding that he said, I, have to, I took my hand, son, and I picked you. I took my hand and I snatched you from all those other ones that were willing to go, that wanted to go, that, that, that were in line to go. I took you and I chose you for such a time as now. I had to put you in the life that you were living in order for you to reach the people that I need you to reach. Yeah, my God. So for a while, even in the teaching, as I expressed to you a little while ago, I'm under this man of God, Apostle Kenneth Ringo, that got raised in the church, that moves strategically and, and powerfully, the, both apostolic and the prophetic. That the apostles move in all fivefold ministries, but his pri primary mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, um, gifting and strength is that of the prophetic. So he moves as a yeah. as a major prophet, and he's teaching me mm -hmm. all that he's teaching me and pouring into me. But again, he got raised in the church, so he's teaching me the mm -hmm. traditions of the church. He's teaching me the right. ways of the old, which I at, at the time were getting bothered by and getting annoyed with. Now I appreciate wow. and I respect. So I'm seeing myself shift and change. But that yeah. gets me to a place where because I'm shifting and I'm changing, I cut off all those that are dear to me. So mm -hmm. now I no longer have a relationship with my brother that wound up being homeless for two and a half years at the time that I departed from him because I didn't know what was going on in his life. I departed from my sister that was in an abusive relationship because all they did was drink and smoke and get, and, and, and get emotionally and physically abused. I, I, I separated mm -hmm. myself from my parents, which I was still holding on to unforgiveness through. But thank God the, the spirit of the Lord touched them. I led my mother to the, to the father. Wow. So God had to come down and touch them and bring to them needed to do to make it right with me so this burden of hurt and pain that I felt through the, through the, through the avenue of unforgiveness can finally be unlifted I remember one year my mother drove all the way from this, um, New Jersey in the middle of the night I think it was New Year's 
And she comes to me over here in Maryland. I'm at a house party, one of my wife's cousins, my daughter's um, um, godparents. And she says, God told me to come speak to you. And I want to ask yeah. you for forgiveness for all the years yeah. that I kept holding on to a relationship because I felt like my sons needed their, their father. Wow. And sis, let me tell you, that broke me. Wow. Because for years, I seen a parent that kept on justifying why she was doing what she was doing. And finally, in my adulthood, I finally now was seeing a, a, a woman stand before me, my mother that gave birth to me, and admit that she was wrong. Hmm. And that released me. That allowed me to let go of that. So now, years still keep going on. And now my father still is moving in the Catholic belief. But I know that God is working on him because God speaks to me one day. And I hope those that carry the, that get the chance to hear, um, listen to this, listen to this very nugget right here and this, this instruction. God speaks to me one day and he said, it's not going to be by the words that you speak to him. But it's going to be by your actions that lead him to me. Jesus. Wow. So no longer can I come at my father with this zealous speech of what the word says and how he's supposed to be living life mm -hmm. and Christianity versus Catholicism. It, it's no longer that between right. us. But it's now me showing him that I am a man of God and this is how I'm going to live my life. Yeah. yeah. And I will never forget. Yeah. And this is bringing tears to my eyes even now as I speak it. I will never forget when he comes to visit a service with my mother. Wow. And I'm on the platform. I'm going forth with the word of the Lord. I'm doing what I have to do in my assignment. And my father comes up to the altar, sis, and asks me to pray for him. Jesus. And the Lord allowed me to lay hands on my father and see wow. his heart. Mm. I don't know and remember all that I spoke that day to him. But I know the Lord was able to let me see his heart. And at that moment, I was able to hear the father speak and minister to me as I ministered to him. And he Jesus. said, you waited all these years to get something from somebody that never had it inside of them in the first place. Jesus. So in that vein, I was able to look at my father now with another level of compassion and forgiveness because I understand yeah. now that what you presented to me, your wife, my sister, and my brother was what you were lacking. Yeah. And then years go by with that. And he comes to me in conversation over the phone. And when I pick up the phone, I'm thinking it's just going to be another regular how you doing, Pop? And me and him is going to goof off like we do. And I suppressed and put away the unforgiveness that I had. And I left it there. And I thought that I was, I dealt with it. And I thought that I was all right. But my wife started showing me that through conversation, every time I mentioned his name or talked about something, that aggression would come back up. Mm. So through this conversation, he comes to me. He says, Poppy. I never knew what I was doing was affecting you in a bad way. And he says, I want to ask you a question. Have you always loved me? No, no. He says, do you love me? And I said, 
at that moment, I was going to fabricate like I always have. Because I got raised old school Spanish where you always honor your mother and your father with your actions and with your words. I seen him do this with his parents. I seen my mother do it with her parents. So I followed in that same vein. But for some reason in this conversation, I could not fabricate nothing no longer, sis. Wow. So, excuse me. It gave me the opportunity to tell him, no, I did not always love you. There was times in my life where I hated you because of what you allowed me to be witness of. Wow. You're talking about me being seven years old, sis, and being at a bar with this man because he just finished beating my mother. And he was so drunk out of his mind that he took his oldest son and said, he's coming with me. And treated my brother a certain way because he resembled more of uh, 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 characteristics of my mother. And didn't receive him the way he received me because I was his identical twin. Wow. In actions, in words, in, in, in behavior. I was his identical twin. So I'm seven years old wow. at bars with this man. Not understanding why am I out this late at night and I have school tomorrow morning with him. I started wow. drinking at seven years old. Wow. I started smoking at 10 years old. Because all the while of me trying to be a, 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 a child... I'm out there experiencing and witnessing stuff that I shouldn't have been uh, uh, witnessing. Mm. So now I'm around half-naked grown women. I'm around uh, 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 um, violence and, and, and brawls and, and street life. I'm around all that. And that was embedded inside of me. But through this conversation, I was able to relinquish all that hurt and pain express it to him and hear for him to ask me to forgive him for him to acknowledge his wrong in all the years that he showed abuse and that was the, the beginning of a turnaround in our relationship to now we're at the place where me and him are best friends wow. and I'm to God be oh glory. God be the glory so I'm sitting on the couch with him one day and he turns to me my sister's in the kitchen my brother's in his room and this is um, now, us as adults, we were just having a family get-together in my brother's household. And he looks at me, he says, son, you're not just my son, but I count you as being my best friend. Mm. And that shattered something inside of me. And it brought a level wow. of healing, it brought another level of deliverance, it brought yeah. another level of of generational breaking. Yeah. And they allowed me to really see things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now the, the our relationship can be what it's supposed to be. And for a moment, mm-hmm. for a slight moment, let me express this while we're on here too. For a slight moment, I almost got mad with God. And let me express why. Wow. Because I finally got my best friend, the hero that every son should be looking at his father like. And then he gets sick. Wow. Diabetes and high cholesterol and almost having a heart attack. My father just recently, in the past probably two years, had two strokes. Wow. The last stroke left him deaf in both his ears. 
and wow. he could not hear anything for a whole year. Wow. And he's still over there with my brother and my sister and my mother in New Jersey, where I'm miles away from them. I could still be able to visit them, but they spending most of their time around him. And they don't have the patience for him the way I do because I'm the one that's in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's really serving God with all my might and all of my will. So they didn't have the pace. So he's being taken care of them. And they're doing the best that they can. But levels of frustration are building up. And I, like mm -hmm. I said, I almost got mad at God because I'm saying to, my, to him, why is it that I finally got my best friend and it looks like you're about to take him from me? Wow. But he winds up having this surgery on this past February um uh, on Valentine's Day and it gave him some implants to be able to hear again. So now I can converse yeah. and talk with my father again and me and him can enjoy each other's voice. Wow. I say all this to say that a lifelong level uh, of sentence of poison can be healed when you truly lean on God's wisdom, truly lean on the Father and walk in a place of obedience. Yeah. Everybody's circumstances and situations are not going to be the same. But the yeah. testimony that God has given me, that I'm about to, that I should already have done, God to give me, uh, 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 forgiveness for it because I should have started already is a book that I'm going that I'm writing about my testimony about mm -hmm. my life to be able mm -hmm. to submit to young men out there and even young women but primarily young men that are going through this lifestyle that I lived and that don't understand the reason why they feel different the reason why there's something that's inside of them that tells them that that's not really the right choice is that of the right. Holy Ghost? Is that of God mm. reaching out to them and allowing them to see? I have a better life for you. There's a different path that you can choose. That you won't have to go through all this hardship. And God can truly turn this around and allow you to be a monument. To be an oracle in your family line. To break every generational curse that says you're supposed to be like this. And lead you down a pathway towards darkness. You already been living in, but there is a vessel of light that which that I call my son, Jesus Christ. Wow. And it's up until this point now, sis, at 36 years of age, where I finally got my place of true peace. And that's because, as you read in my in that short uh, transparency challenge that I put on my page, that I finally mm -hmm. came to a place of facing my responsibility and facing my obligation, facing that which I was causing upon myself because I kept on trying to hold on to. And it's a very simple uh, equation. When you try to add more ingredients to God's recipe, you're not going to get godly results. Mm -hmm. And I kept on trying to do that. I kept on trying to hold on to my street. My street name was D-Block. And everybody called me D-Block for years. And everybody understood why my name was D-Block and, and, and what I did on the block and, 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 and just being who I was and being street famous and all that. 
there was a lot of my past, all of my past, that's tied to that name. And just recently, my mother-in-law comes out and she tells me, I don't want nobody calling you D-Block, son. Because D-Block represents your place of Egypt. Wow. And you are no longer yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. So again, me now graduating and going into a place of now taking true responsibility for my own actions and saying, how can I serve a purifying God and my lustful desires at the same time? How can I go before mm -hmm. an almighty king that sits on the throne, the king of kings and the lord of lords, and still try to move in a place of pride? Now that I'm understanding that there's certain ways, that these are the only ways God is going to receive us. But my testimony allowed the lame to be able to, while I'm walking down this path now of righteousness, for me to grab people left and right and show them the true way to the Father. And I'll go back to this. Spiritual oh. Father that taught me all the old ways in the Lord. And certain things that they did not receive or accept. Earrings, tattoos, all these things that, that, that were shamed upon and looked upon as you have to depart from these people because they're not true uh, worshipers of God. I say to any young man, any young woman that's on this line that's going to be able to hear this, Walk in the level of godliness that he has called you to walk in without man's acceptance. Yeah. Because I tell yeah. people now when I stand up with my robe on, with my three-piece suit on, or if God just tells me to preach in my regular clothes, whether you accept who I am or not doesn't negate or make anything and make me any less of a man of God. Mm-hmm. Tattoos. I have wow. 16 tattoos. I have both earrings, two earrings in both my ears. I have all that. But I understand that it's those of us that walk in that posture now, that walk with that type of look that's going to be able to go out to the highways and the byways and snatch those of those people that are lost, that are out there, that are actually moving in those veins of self glory. And, and, and lust of this world and the pride of their life. It's going to be that type of look. I laugh oftentimes in my early walk with the Lord where I would be certain places and gentlemen would approach me, especially in the gym, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a gym um, I'm fanatic. I love working out. And that happened mm -hmm. after I got delivered from drinking and smoking and all that. Because I said to myself, I can't be mm -hmm. short and skinny. That don't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to put on some type of muscle structure. But um, mm -hmm. I'm in the gym and I would have men approaching me because you see me working out on my tank top and I got all these tattoos and they would start talking to me about the Lord. Wow. And they would try to win me over to the Father not knowing that I was already a man of God. That I was already wow. moving in ministry. I've been around the world preaching the gospel. I've laid hands on the sick and they recovered. I've seen God raise up the dead. These things are my own eyes. And I've been a participant of those things. 
belongs back to the father. But I never threw in their face, you know who you're talking to? I'm prophet right. such and such. I never walked with that claim. The only reason why my Facebook even has my name as prophet first. It's the, it was too much of a widespread of, of a search when people would search my name. And they would put David Gonzalez mm -hmm. and they weren't really able to find me. Yeah. Again, another reason why is because my Facebook is, is strictly for, for ministry. I use mm -hmm. social media once upon a time for lustful gain. But I'm not at that place no more. Off of Facebook for several years. I came over Instagram and Snapchat for several years, but now all my social medias are dedicated strictly to be a platform for God's glory. So mm. that is the only reason why my name even starts with Prophet David Gonzalez on my Facebook, because I could care less whether somebody identifies with me being a prophet or not. Again, it doesn't change who God has called me to be. Yeah. Make me feel any bigger about myself. Because those of us that are truly called in these levels of callings, apostles and prophets and evangelists, those that are really called to be moving strongly in those offices, understand that you really don't want that. Because we understand the, the mm -hmm. obligation, the responsibility and accountability that your life has to resemble to represent that. Mm-hmm. Those that are quick to try to run to that and rush to try to grasp that, it shows a level of immaturity. It shows a level of insecurity because you, you think mm -hmm. that these titles are going to validate who you are. Yeah. And for a while, I dealt even with that. You heard me speak a little while about this less um, um, spirit that I was dealing with. Let me talk about this pride a little mm -hmm. bit. For a little while, that, pri that pride... Back, uh, uh, backed up that very statement that I spoke where I felt like me being prophet such and such, me being elder such and such was giving me my validation, was giving me my identity. And that's a whole other part of my testimony where now I could speak to other men of God and let them know that you have to let God fill those voids of insecurity. You know why yeah. I'm able to be faithful to my wife now, sis? Because mm -hmm. insecurity has finally been filled. Validation wow. and the glory of God now has been filled. I wasn't able to be faithful to her from 12 years old all the way up to me being 36. I wasn't able wow. to be faithful to her because I didn't allow God to replace those and heal those places of insecurity that I felt like I needed in other women. And then because of it, we needed those places of insecurity being filled. Now me moving in the body of Christ, in the, in, in the God's church, now it converted over to me needing that validation through my positioning. Mm -hmm. Now me understanding that it took for God his hand of validation on me. It took for God to snatch down in the pit in the roots of my being and pull up all those insecurities during my times of fasting and consecration and prayer. See, I taught a Bible study a while ago. I taught the people mm -hmm. when I spoke to them and I said, you have to go to God with the right conversation. And they're looking at me like, what you mean? You can talk. I said, this is not nothing deep. 
But if you want God on the level that you that you say that you want God, he wants to hear that which you struggle with. He wants to hear that which is yeah. holding you back in a place of being uh, 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 bonded and, and, and you, you can't be released from the inner prisons of your thought process and the principalities and the imaginations that keep on cycling in your mind day in and day out. Yeah. Those are the things that God wants to hear. Keep yeah. it real with him. He wants you to be able to be transparent with him. When I finally got to that place where I wasn't going to him with these fancy words, these fancy prayers, and really be able to talk to him about the hurt that I felt because I experienced a life of abuse, a life of abandonment, a life of, 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 of separation finally got to a place where I was able to talk to him about those things that were deep down inside of me that was making my behavior patterns be what they were that's when he was able to start really listening to me mm-hmm. so now I'm at a place mm-hmm. where I have peace that's far beyond any yeah. man's understanding because I finally mm-hmm. walk, I, I, I understand why I had to go through what I went through I understand now that I lived the life that I lived up until this point because of purpose and because of identity. Mm -hmm. Spending a whole life of not understanding why I felt a little bit different. And it was because that that element, that DNA factor of God was Mm -hmm. inside of me and was trying to call me, but I never knew what it was. Even in my Mm -hmm. first church, when I was serving in a Christian center, Hearing prophecy after prophecy about God doing this in my life or who he was going to call me to be and bringing me before great men and doing all this stuff, but never really teaching me and showing me the pathway or how to even get there or tell me who I truly was in the father. Mm-hmm. It took for me to get in my late 30s, my mid 30s for me to understand now this is who God has called me to be. And there's no changing that. Yeah, and and it's about um, appointed time to, you know, because sometimes, you know, if some things are released um, too early, but we're spiritually immature, you know, it it can be dangerous. And so um, that's that's a part of it, too. And I want to chime in. Go ahead. I definitely want to. As well, because there there was a a part when you were speaking about um, the woman that you was dealing with at the Baptist church and and you were saying about the church and the witches and the warlocks. And I, and I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I had a dream um, last night and I'm going to start with, let me, let me backtrack because me and you have never had a conversation. And I have to say this, I have to say this for um, recording purposes. We have never had a conversation. Um, I I don't really know anything about your testimony except what I'm hearing right now. Um, We have never really talked, you know, as it pertains to like, you know, testimony or any ministry. We've never talked really so much except, you know, I had asked you to come on to the podcast because there was something that I saw 
like you said in in the post and and the one thing that the biggest thing that I saw was the transparency and and those are the type of people that the Lord is having because this all of this the podcast is not mine it's Amen. the Lord's he gave this to me for me to fulfill for him but a lot of the people or majority of the people that he's allowing because he's not allowing everybody to even touch um this podcast um, but the the main people that are speaking and, and he, even if it's speaking, you know, of the word or testimonies are people that are relatable and transparent. Because I said this to somebody the other day. Matter of fact, it was Prophetess Sarah. Amen. She had re- she had released um, a word. I think it was yesterday. Matter of fact. And, and um, I can't remember exactly. I'm about to look on my other phone on Facebook. Um to tell you exactly what she said. Okay. I have her page, yes. And she said in the post, America, America, church, um, God's addresses to the church. You have lifted gifts for so long, the heart posture doesn't even matter. David wasn't chosen for no other reason but his heart. She said people are seeking to mentor gifts when God never called us to do that. Prophets were, was called to realign hearts and help keep them postured through yes. prayer god starts filling away when you start turning his people yes. from him what doesn't move by itself will be uprooted join me in my next live next week and so when i saw it my spirit just leaped and i posted this in the comment section and i said to her i said the lord had released a word to me last year in October, and it was literally because you know prophecies come yes. apart. It was literally on what she said, and I screenshotted it from my notes because they had the timestamp of the date and the time. And it was October 7, 2019, at 6 14 p.m. And it says, I heard the father say he is looking for a new sound. Preaching heaven and hell isn't going to work anymore. We have to preach to people's hearts because that is the heart is what is yes. sick. And so when she said that, I was like, oh, my God, because it brought me back to the Lord said, go back to your prophetic notes, because I used to just write down a lot. Of, well, I still do. But when I first really started hearing um, from the Lord, like really clear, I started writing everything down. But long story short, um, even when I saw um, your page and um, I, I saw that post, I was like. There's something that I need to hear. There's something that I need to hear. Um, there's something that the Lord is going to use him to even say because there's a sound. Yeah. There's a sound. And so the Lord, you know, he doesn't release us everything at one time. And so it's, it's so crazy because the Lord had already started speaking to me about Amen. you. And I just, and I never even, we didn't get a chance to talk, but he already had started to to let me even see things back from your childhood. That's why if you notice when you said both sides of the family, we said witchcraft together, because yeah. the Lord had already revealed that to me. And so long story short, back to the Baptist lady in the Baptist church. So last night I had a dream and the dream it, it went into, I guess, the morning time. And so it had, it had to have been this morning that I had this dream because when I woke up, um, it, I woke up from the dream and, and I'm going to tell you this dream. And so I'm in the dream and um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip past the first part, but I'm walking down the street and I'm walking with two girls and we walk and we, we go, um, we like end up at this church. So the church, I remember it because it was, it was my old 
um, church that I grew up in, and I grew up as a baby. Okay. Right now, we we get inside of the church, and there's like a lot of people in the church. So I'm like, okay, they must be having a service. So we go and we sit on the balcony because there's a balcony inside of the old church. And I'm not going to say per se that it was my old Baptist church, but it felt like it. I'm going to just say that it looked like it and it felt like it in a dream. And so we go sit on the balcony and there's and there there's these people that stand in front of the church and they have on like ceremonial okay. robes. And so I'm looking at like, okay, well, what's going on? And so we're sitting up there. The next thing you know, they start pulling out these knives and they're having like, a knife fight, but it's not a real knife fight. You know, when you go to like a theatric yes. show and people are like, you know, putting mm-hmm. in a show, but I could tell like it was a part of like a, a ceremony, like a ceremonial mm-hmm. thing. Cause they had the outfits on, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, cheesy. It's like, you know, people spent money, but it's like ceremonial yeah. attire. And so we're sitting on the balcony and then one of the girls next to me, she had her phone light on. And so the people are like, you're not supposed to be recording this. You got to turn it off. So she's like, well, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? So they get upset. They start throwing stuff at us. We leave out. So as we're leaving out, I'm looking at the people that's like lined up in the back, like they look like they could have been deacons or ushers or whatever, but they're men. And then there's some women that's coming in the door, yeah. but it looks yep. like a yep. line. Like, you know how the uh, the right hand fellowship line, when you go shake everybody's hand, it's a line like that. And so the man says to me, like everybody that I'm walking past, cause I'm in the front, they're like woman of God. You know, they like bowing their heads to me saying woman of God. And I'm like, okay, how do they know who I am? Because I don't know these people. And they're like, you know, Africans, Caribbean, Islands, they like, you know, African-American or whatever. And so I'm like, okay. And the woman that comes in, she was a witch. And she, she looks at me and she's, I forgot what she said to me in the dream, but she says something to me. And the man said, I'm so excited. This is my first human blood sacrifice so I said okay it's time to go we already was heading out the door and so we're we're walking out the door and I'm thinking in my mind in a dream like okay well we're we're free now because we're not inside of the church anymore I don't know what they was about to do I'm saying this in a dream but in real life I know what this is but in my dream this is what I'm saying so I'm walking with the two girls and so when we get outside you know, okay. direction north, south, east, and west. We're we're walking like we're going south because I took my compass out when I woke up in my dream to see because yeah. I the, the a gift one of the gifts and I don't speak about nothing about me but the Lord has given me um is dream interpretation and I can actually physically if somebody tells me their dream I the Lord would let me allow me to actually physically Amen. go in the dream where I can see and describe everything about the person's dream that they never told me and so I'm walking. Um, on the street and we're walking in a direction going south and um, I see like all of a sudden like it's a lot of people that's out there and even the intersection it looks familiar but it's not familiar and so I see now there's guards like um, mm-hmm. they, they, they look mm-hmm. like they were a part of the church because they had on the ceremonial attire too but it was like kind of African and so they have guns and stuff like around them, like you know, uh, yeah. 
not like a something on a hip, but you know the rifle type gun, whatever them kind of guns is, AKs, whatever. They have those guns like around them. So I'm like, okay, well, why does it feel like they're trying to block us in? Because they're okay. coming towards the way that we're walking. But mind you, it's a lot of people out there. It's not just us. But it was like as if they're blocking us from like, like we can't go past them. So I said, okay, let's go the other way. So I go the other way and it's the same thing. So I'm like, wait a minute. Cause it took like the Lord now in my dream is so crazy because the Lord is basically taking me back to things that I already heard. And I went back to the man where he said, um, my first human blood sacrifice. And I'm like, mm. wait, are we supposed to be the sacrifice? Because it wasn't nothing in the church. And there's a bunch of people that's outside. And so we're all kind of like locked in where we can't move. But now there's cars, even though within the north and south direction, the east and okay. west direction, there's cars that's like kind of driving in a circle, but nobody's stopping them. So I said, thank Kamisha, thank Kamisha, thank. Because I'm like, okay, if nobody's stopping these cars, yeah. I, I'm assuming that these cars are going wherever they're going. They're probably not realizing what's going on around them. So I said, I need to okay. find a way to jump on one of these cars because I used to live in Egypt. And so one thing about the buses there, we used to jump on and off the buses while they were moving. So in my mind, in my dream, I'm still thinking about Egypt. I'm thinking about how we used to do the buses. So I'm like, we're going to jump. I seen a bus. I said, we want to jump on this bus because the way that the bus was, it had like, um, like a flat step, but it was like, I can't even explain it, but you could actually step on wow. and you wouldn't like fall or anything. It was like, you could, was able to step up. But it was like doors. So it was like ugh, like cubby doors, kind of like almost. I can't explain it. And so I took the two girls that was with me and we jumped onto the bus. And as soon as we jumped onto the bus, the doors just shut. Like it shut us in. Now, there wasn't doors okay. when I saw us about to get on the bus. But as soon as we jumped on, they shut. And so I'm like, okay. What's going on? And when I look at the driver, his face turns into one of the guards. So I said, oh, Jesus, now we really going to be stuck. We're going to be stuck. I don't know what they're going to do with us. We're going to be stuck. And so he says, who on this bus fastest? Mm. And everybody points to me. I didn't know nobody on this bus. So he was. he said, if you pay this certain amount, you know, something something he was trying to say and I'm like I'm not paying nothing I'm not giving nothing because I don't know what the heck is going on I'm not paying for anything and so he um I started okay. out of nowhere I don't know why I started speaking in tongues so I'm like I started speaking in tongues, but that was weird because, you know, tongues only edify, you know, ourselves. That ain't going to, you know, build up the people. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know why I did that. But he looks at me. And he says, oh, that's all you got. Weak Christian. And I woke up. And so when I woke up, I said, God, like, wait, you know, am I a weak Christian? What's going on? Like, do do I not have any power? Like, because I remember even when you was talking and you remind me so much of um okay. I think his name is Jose think, Ramirez. Yeah, I believe Ramirez I heard his name. From Brooklyn Evangelist John Ramirez. You ever heard of him? 
Okay, you gotta look him up okay. too because y'all have so such such similar um stories. Y'all talk the same too, and he goes around the world um ministering. And the way that he talk is just like how you talk. He don't mm-hmm. it's not church. It's not you know all preachy. Is is regular, and he can reach a lot of people just being himself. And so, long story short, when I got up, the Lord said, "Now." Nah, that 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 was the enemy saying the weak part. That's that's not what you need to get from that. He said, "Get up." So I get up. I I go inside of my living room, and the Lord says, "Go and look at the satanic calendar." And so I I get up, and I'm like, "Okay." I go and look, and so I'm like, "Okay, well, March twentieth, okay, because I know we're at April fourth, but let me just go back and see." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Okay, no, they don't have that." Because, you know, they have yep. different festivals during the year, you know, and during these festivals, they do different sacrifices and stuff like that. And so March 20th, that just had to do with like sexual things, orgies, but female and males and stuff. And then it said the Ash Wednesday, um, that was the same thing. And Good Friday, it said blood and a human sacrifice, but it was male only. So I'm like, okay, no, that's not it because it was women and men inside of it. Then it said Easter Eve. And it said blood, human sacrifice, male and female. So the Lord said, no, keep going. So I, I scroll yes, again man. and I see April 21st through the 26th. Listen to this. You listening? It's, it says abduction, ceremonial preparation, and holding of sacrificial mm. victim, male and female, human sacrifice, blood. Yes. So remind you, Remember I said they had on ceremonial attire. They were like basically trying to keep us locked in. Yes. And when we got on the bus, it was like an abduction. And they was holding us because the door shut. A sacrificial victim. Now, I don't know everything of what this dream means. Because I know the Lord is going to reveal it in time. And the only reason why I even said it to you. Because I didn't know if there was a connection from when you was talking about when you said the Baptist mm-hmm. church and you said about the, the witches and the warlocks being over this Baptist church, I felt the Holy Spirit tugging on me mm. and it brought me back to my dream. And I said, I, don't, I couldn't understand why I even had this dream. I didn't understand Same why here. I'm not a dreamer. And the funny thing I'm is, is that I've been ha- I dream I had once in a while when something's going to happen. And when you and I don't and when dream you, and when I do dream ahead. is because the Lord is speaking. And I had two violent wow. dreams from last night and this morning because I woke up early, early this morning, went back to sleep wow. and had another violent dream of warfare, not like wow. military stuff. But but it looked like the medieval days with swords and stuff like that. Wow. So I, I, I didn't understand that. But continue, continue, because I think wow. the Lord is going to speak through this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I did not understand it, and I said, I know the Lord is going to reveal it, because one thing that I learned is, because I used to practice Islam, I left mm. Christianity um, when I was 19, I went to Islam for 13 years, Amen. and I, I do, I, I'm, I'm like a big advocate on helping bring a woman out of bondage from that, yeah. because I know there's a lot of magic that's over that religion as well that I learned once I came out of it, and so um, long story short, it was it was it was just crazy. Like the the whole dream thing. And I said, even I thought about myself, and this wasn't from the Lord, this was just a natural thing. I said, because remember, we were supposed to yeah. um yeah. get off of the quarantine before Easter. 
I said, and then Trump ended up extending it to the 30th. And I said, this stuff that's supposed to happen, the abduction ceremonial thing that the, the witches and the warlocks do wow. that people don't pay attention. The date wow. for that is April 21st through the 26th. So I said, yeah, if, if yeah. this is not God's protection or what, because oh, if nobody's outside, I feel God right there. Oh yes, God, I thank you. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, like what what it is and and what it actually means. Um, that was just my natural perspective, but the dream wasn't. I don't, I don't even know why the Lord even showed me all of that that He showed me, but I just knew when you said that part. It was just, it, it, it was like a big connection. I felt the Holy Spirit tugging on me. And I said, I have to say this dream because like I was saying, why it's so important. People have to be careful even mm-hmm. with dreams because we, you can't put dreams in, in everybody's hands and you'll put them in the wrong hands, yeah. you know, and people, because everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people perpetrate. Yes. Like how you said, there's witches and warlocks that people that, you know, that say their sins, thus say the Lord and gifts and talents come without repentance. So, you know, I said I wasn't sharing this, um, you know, with anybody, even though it's yep. shared now because it's on the podcast, but so what? But I wasn't going to personally go and ask, um, you know, somebody to interpret. I said, I'll just wait to hear from the Lord. But when yes. you said yes. what you said, I said, it's so crazy because that was the fourth thing. Because, you know, prophecy comes apart that I heard um, as it pertained to the dream. And I said, I know he's going to probably finish revealing or something. I'm going to see something later, but I didn't know if I was supposed to release it or what. I'm releasing it now, but I didn't know if I was supposed to release it, well, you know, on on a bigger stream. But what I'm hearing at this exact I moment, I don't know. But I go ahead. Is the instructions or the urge for you to be able to release it on a higher platform was needed, and the reason why is because we have to sound the alarm on the devil's camp. Satan's plan is and has been because of lack of discipline in the body of Christ, in the body of believers. He has infiltrated the Lord's church and he has been camouflaging and moving through people's lack of faith Mm -hmm. and vulnerability and discipline towards God and obedience to his word. That he's able to now do the very things that we as a body of believers once upon a time was able to reject and pray against and now are accepting it with open arms because we're allowing ourselves, as the word says in the last days, we will go seek teachers for our own sake. We will want those that would speak and minister to our itchy ears. So as you were revealing this dream, the Lord was presenting to me and I was feeling him drop. As you kept on speaking, he was dropping down heavier and heavier upon you. The fact that the church has lost their sensitivity to that which are spirits of light and spirits of darkness. So now these witches are able to, they are infiltrating our Mm -hmm. churches and they're moving in the titles of apostles and prophets and bishops. And people, because of not being able to discern that which is among them, they're able to feed mm-hmm. off of their, their faith. And they're moving in things of that are not of the word. And it's easier for us, wow. especially those of us that come from or moving in a prophetic nature. Yeah. It is easy for us to cross over that line into that witchy territory. 
just like myself with the things that the Lord yeah. has allowed me to witness wow. and be around and live through. It's so it was in your life where you were able to go through certain things in your life, experience being part of the Muslim uh, uh, of lifestyle and being in Egypt and doing those things that you did before to now come up to the place that you're at now to be able to sound the alarm. See, the enemy try to tell you in that dream that, that is that all you got? Mm. Trying to bring you to a place of doubt and bring you to a place of not, oh, do I really have wow. what, I can, what I think I have in God? And for you to start questioning yourself. And he does that with those of us that are strong and have Jesus. a strong impact for the kingdom of Christ. He'll try to come to make you question that which is inside of you. Wow. I present to you as a mouthpiece of the Lord to let you know that because those words were spoken to you, because mm -hmm. that questioning is, is trying to come about in, inside of your thought process after this dream, that the enemy is scared. Of you. The enemy is scared of that which you obtain. And the impact that you are making on wow. the world and are going to make in greater values. Values, excuse me. And it's not just going to start with it started. I don't know what you was doing wow. before this podcast, but I know that God is wow. saying this is just the beginning. So you keep yourself saturated wow. in the discipline of the word, the discipline wow. of what Father has been presenting to you, woman of God. Because you are one of God's last day generals that would take a stand flat-footed and be able to speak against and fight against the forms wow. and the enemy of darkness. Jesus. So he would try to come to you. This is not going to be the first dream that he would try to attack you in. Wow. This will not be the first dream that he would try to bring us a, a sense of doubt or disbelief in your positioning. But God has revealed what he has revealed to you so you can sound the alarm. Wow. And let the people know on this podcast, through conversation, through you and I prophetically. Wow, my God. That the devil has infiltrated our churches. And no matter what type of name you have over your denomination Jesus. or what type of name you have over your doctrinal teaching. That unless you become back to a place of being discerning of what is being inside, uh, 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 presented in front of you, the enemy's going to still be able to keep on running a Russian roulette over your life. I've been to several, wow. not even several, I've been to a whole lot wow. of different places to minister. My I've God. been to a whole lot of different states, countries, and all that. I've been to different places, sis. And people that declare the word of the Lord People that say that they're part of the body of Christ, people that say that they're God's children, I've seen that, that scripture that says to test the spirit, see the fruits of man to see if they be of me. And it has been proven time and time again in my in the Lord's eyes and, mm. and showed me that these people are not what they are confessing to be. And I don't know if you know anything about an adjutant or slash armor bearer. Yeah. But if you if you study the the the, the uh, behavior or the responsibility of that of an armor bearer, the armor bearer was the first chain of protection 
to prepare and to block mm -hmm. the, the king. And now in the church as an armor bearer is the first chain of, of spiritual responsibility mm. to block spiritually and be able to recognize that which is coming against and being presented before the man or woman of God that you're serving or you're being mentored by. So God was able to sharpen my eyes in my time of serving. I'm still his adjutant yeah. and seeing able to witness the, the tactics and the strategies that the enemy is trying to throw against the body of Christ. And God is showing you what these things are. Wow. God is allowing you to witness and be able to recognize and have a, a even, depth, even more of an in-depth understanding of, of what the enemy is trying to do and what he has been doing so you can sound the alarm. Because yeah, we understand. We go on our Facebook live wall, uh, um, lives. We see, we see yeah. on our, our Facebook walls. We see on Instagram, any type of social media platform. And we have a whole bunch of preachers that are saying all kinds of different things. But one of the main things that we're hearing right now is repentance. Those that have been called mm -hmm. by my name, that if they will humble themselves, this is the scripture that we keep on hearing. Yeah. But the Lord led me just this past Thursday to do a Bible study live. Yeah, and I taught about obedience, and I taught about uh, uh, um, uh, um, what is hindering your prayers. We can't get to a place of repenting and crying out to God to heal the land if we're not yet being able to understand what's going on inside of us. So the body of Christ, as a large, God is dealing with everybody, yeah. but He's sounding the alarm. On what infiltrated and what what leakages, what pathways of openness the enemy is coming in through, and being able to move the way he wants to move, so we can be on our toes spiritually. And when this revival breaks out after this, and we're released back mm -hmm. into the world, we're able to recognize and see spiritually that which is coming to oppose God's um, um church. Yeah. But see, what I'm loving right now. He's not telling us. Right? Yeah. I came from uh, um, uh, being raised and taught in the church how to just be uh, uh, in warfare. When I started really moving prophetically to always warfare, warfare, suffer a witch not to live. And I believe in all that. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I just taught in prior Bible studies just this last month. Right. And I had some of the saints looking at me like I was crazy that we ought to love the witch. We ought to love the warlock. And I gave a question and I presented it to them. And I said, what makes us any yeah, different as prophetic mouthpieces than the witch if we pray the same thing that they pray? Yeah. It's that love that gave Jesus his power to be able to mm -hmm. speak to a devil, not wrestle with it, and it had to flee. It was that love. That agape love, unconditional love that Jesus Christ walked with, yeah. that was able to allow people, places, and, uh, and spirits to recognize who was amongst them. And God is trying to get us that are really, really, really putting ourselves prostrate, not in just physical form, but in spiritual, mental, and emotional form. Prostrate before the Lord and allow him to really feed us. And move through us in a greater value, but it comes through that 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 agape love. God is 
working on mm -hmm. all of us and presenting to us that which was in and doing what they thought what they could do to try to come against his plan. But at the same time, it's pushing us further into his plan, if I'm making any sense. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're definitely going to talk some more. So we're going <laughs> to have amen. to end here, but I'm definitely um going to have to bring you back on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to have to bring you back on here because it, I know it's, it's so much more. Um, and I'm gonna have to bring you back on, even as a speaker, because there's there's so much, so much more um, that I know God is going to speak through you and to use you for. Um, and I definitely um, benefited benefited lose double lose my tongue. I definitely Amen. benefited um, from hearing your testimony. I, I knew that it was going to be something great, even from reading a little bit that I read on Facebook, and it was spirit led. The Lord said, "Get him, ask him." ask him and so um i know a lot of people are definitely going to benefit from it too as well because you know yes. a lot of people i think what we have lost in the church is really being transparent you know because some people they they just want to be viewed as you know where i'm at now because maybe yeah, some people it's definitely not is going to take away from accolades but you know it's not and and, and what it really does yeah. is it gives people the hope to say, God, if let, God let me let me share this with you real quick like before them. we close out. I know that my ministry that I'm part of right now, purpose. my home church, some of us just choose 75 percent of our membership uh -huh. is there solely because of me. And I'm not saying that in a boastful or a prideful manner. They all knew who D Block was. They seen wow. me when I came and moved to Maryland, the lifestyle that I was living. They knew who wow. I was in the streets. And when I finally gave myself over to the Lord and relinquished my ways to Jesus' ways, they all came running to see who is this Jesus. Some of them came from a church background. Some of them came from a street background. But they all wow. wanted to come and see who was it? Who, where is this place? What is going on with this Jesus that Dabi has been introduced to? And I have to go see it for myself. And that was eight years ago. And they're still there. All the glory wow. be to God. Wow. Wow. To God be the glory. Wow. Wow. Amen. Yeah. We got to bring you back on here. <laughs> we do. We do. But all right, guys. That was our time. You were just tuned in to Dope